In today's show, I'm looking at sell-high players across the fantasy basketball landscape. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We're looking at sell high options today. Now, again, just reiterating every time that I do this, these are players that you don't just have to give, give away. You don't trade them at perceived long-term value. You try and squeeze value out of your fellow managers if you don't get it, oh well, you just ride it out. And that's going to be the case for a few of these guys. If you if nothing happens, you ride it out and you enjoy the highs and then be ready for the crash later on. So let's talk about these guys right now. And for category leagues, let's talk about Jim Butler. Because he's my butler. Um, yeah, look, Butler's numbers are crazy. Over the last two weeks, he's the number one fantasy player. Now, this is just not going to continue. He's had uh, 12 steals in the last three games. I think he's had 15 steals in his last four games. That is why he is at that area. His Z score for steals since the All-Star break is 7.73. All right, that is why he is as high as he is. He's averaging 2.2 steals on the season as well, which is a, a really high number, making him the 13th ranked player. I think that while he's been great, there is no way what he is doing is sustainable. 28 points per game on 59% shooting, and that includes 18% from three, 18, one eight. So he's hitting every single two in the world, 67% of those. He's averaging almost four steals with nine assists. Now, nine assists, maybe. He's averaging eight on the season. I think he's more of a seven and a half guy myself. Two steals, sure. That's half of what he's currently doing. Yeah, he can do that. He's also, uh, just just chuck this in, averaging almost a block a game as well. And then that 59% shooting, he's like a 46, 47% shooter. And I think most people will be aware of this. But Jimmy Butler carries a certain level of gravitas of, look how cool Jimmy Butler is. Look at Jimmy Butler um, yeah, selling his coffees. And Jimmy Butler is undoubtedly cool. But this level of production... Is, is probably not going to be able to stick. And it does all come down to steals. Now, I'm not saying that you sell him for a top 15 guy. There's no point in that. But you find the person who is souring on Kawhi Leonard. You, you know, I worry about Kawhi. I worry about his playoff status. I worry about his injuries, whatever it is, depending on how that works for your playoff schedule and all that stuff. You look at the person who is way down on Paul George and you try and get Jimmy Butler or you try and trade Jimmy Butler for Paul George plus plus something else, when in reality, George and Butler could end up as a similar ranked fantasy player. That's the sort of thing you, you do. You look for Carl Anthony Towns, plus the people who are worried about the shutdown risk. I wouldn't be trading for Anthony Davis, probably wouldn't even trade for Joel Embiid at this point, but yeah, you look for Steph Curry. The Warriors are shit, shutdown risk. That's not me saying that. That's what people will think. So they're, they're the sort of deals you make. But if you can't get it, just enjoy it. It's it's amazing. It's fan- I love what Jimmy Butler's doing for my teams. I'm loving it. It's great. Rob Covington. 
23rd ranked player over the last two weeks. Why? He's averaging almost two blocks per game. And we know, now it's still a couple of weeks away, we know that when Yusuf Nurkic comes back, Covington plays fewer minutes at center, therefore his block numbers come down. Like he's averaging 1.2 this season, but since moving to center or playing more minutes at center with Nurkic out, they have spiked. And that has really helped his value. He's going to be a streaky shooter. We know that. His minutes have gone up as well. 36 a night since the All-Star break. He's at 32 for the season. They're relying upon him more. His shooting numbers are up. He's at 48% when he's at 39% for the season, hitting 45% of his threes, up from 36% of the season. Now, he can be a 39% three-point guy, but that's generally not who he is. He's never, in fact, shot over 38% from three. So there's some real regression coming in shooting, which is, is to be expected. But that those block numbers are really, I think, where we need to pay attention, and even a couple of minutes off. Now, if you wait, wait, wait until Nurkic is back, then that value for Covington does drop. But you've got a two-week window here where if you do trade him, you're probably going to lose out because you're not going to get a top 30 guy back for Robert Covington in a trade. That's not what you should be aiming to do. If you can get a top 50 guy back, that's great. You lose value for the next one to two weeks, and then after that, you gain value. And I think that's the way you need to be looking at trades for Robert Covington at this stage. Again, if it doesn't happen and someone offers you like a top 70 type of guy, you just ride it out, you enjoy what's happening, and then you go, oh, well, I know the drop's coming, here it is. But if you can do something, now is the time to do it because you're not pushing right up against the Nurkic return. You're giving yourself, uh, you're, giving, you're giving away some value short-term to get value long-term, hopefully. That's the idea behind it anyway. The table, Montrez Harrell. 43rd ranked player since the All-Star break. 27 minutes a night with no Marc Gasol. Now, this is what we saw from Harrell with Davis out. With with Davis out, they did not want to trust his defense, so they would play Marc Gasol more minutes. So his playing time actually went down during that time where Davis was out, which you think would be counterintuitive, but it went down. But now with Gasol out, they're left with him or Damian Jones, who literally probably isn't even an NBL-level starter rather than an NBA-level starter, but they're starting Damian Jones. So Harrell's minutes are pushing up. His production is through the roof. He's averaging 19 and 6 on uh, on a true shooting of 69%. Giggity! Which is obviously awesome. Hitting free throws, field goals up, and even blocking 1.3 shots per game. Now, he has made some strides defensively. Uh, I'm not going to deny that. But I also don't view him as a top 50 guy. Now, he's got a lot of name recognition because he's a guy that comes in. Josh, did you know he was sixth man of the year? Yeah, I did. No shit. But people will use that. When I say, I'm not sure about Montrezl Harrell being this great player. I'm not sure about him being a guy that helps the Lakers in the playoffs significantly. People go, hey, six man of the year, guys. Thanks. I do know that. But it's about other things. But I'm using that as an example because you know, how he plays in the playoffs doesn't mean anything in terms of what his fantasy production is now. But it does um, inform where how I'm much lower on him than consensus. And consensus gets based on big, flashy scoring numbers coming off the bench and winning sixth man of the year. So when people see him averaging 19 and 6 in 27 minutes on these big numbers, they go, all right, that's Montrez Harrell, man, sixth man of the year. That's what he can do. So you're trying to parlay that into a top 50 guy. A top 60 guy is absolutely the move that I'd be trying to make. It might not happen, but there are plenty of Mark Gasol haters out there. Gasol shithouse guys. Mate, they might as well just wave Mark Gasol. That's what people will think that. They'd be better off with Andre Drummond or Hassan Whiteside. Lol. But people think that. All right, so you can try and twist this and squeeze this into a bit of a sell high for Harold. But again, Davis being out, it is going to bump his usage. But I think you'll see when Gasol is back that you'll see those minutes for Harold start to wind down a little bit. 
Anthony Edwards. Now, Goose has been really good lately. Post-All-Star break, 55th ranked player, 25 points per game, 44% from the field. Really good stuff from Goose. The reason I've got him as a sell high is name recognition. Right? We look at him. People love him. Great kid. Looks like an absolute ripper kid, right? Fantastic. Highlight plays, amazing. His scoring has been great. Really improved. The three-point shooting and the overall efficiency has improved a lot as well since the break. That's really impressive. But we have to remember that D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley have both been out. And therefore, and this is, you know, oh, Josh, he's their number one pick. And uh, yeah, I'm using, perhaps I'm using straw man arguments here. I don't think I am, but perhaps I am. He's their number one pick. He's going to get these shots. But the evidence will tell you that since those guys have been out, the usage has gone from 26 to 33. It's a big jump. Interestingly, it's coincided with a big leap in efficiency. I'm not sure that's able to stick. His true shooting for the season is 48. Since the All-Star break, 54. The last three games, 58. Like really improved efficiency on improved usage, which is a hard combination to do. And he has definitely improved. And he's averaging almost two steals per game. So there are a few things there I can look at. I'm not sure the steals stick. He's averaging under one per game this year. I'm not sure that that level of newfound efficiency sticks. And I'm not sure that 33% usage in 34 minutes sticks. So there's three things there I'm, I'm not certain. Now, you know, top 50 guy over the last two weeks, you know, top 55 guy over the last two weeks is really good. You know, when you look at where his value is rest of the season, top 100, top 120, depending on how the shooting comes around. I think there is some um, there's some room to to believe that he can be an improved shooter from where he's been this season. But to this level, with that spike in usage, with that spike in efficiency, with that spike in steal numbers, I I have my doubts that that'll be something that's able to maintain. And then lastly, speaking of not being able to maintain, Rowan Barrett Jr. Unbelievable stuff from Barrett. And at some point, it might take me a little bit longer than 28 games, but I will believe that he's a good three-point shooter. Over his last 28 games... He's shooting 48% from three. And while I might believe that he's a good three-point shooter, I don't believe that he's a 48% three-point shooter. And we have seen from Barrett time and time again that he'll have these streaks. And this is a prolonged good shooting streak. But I really worry about a guy that's been as streaky as he has been that the next 20 games might result in 21% from three. That's a real worry for me, that he goes through a prolonged drought. Now, he probably doesn't. But I also feel really confident in saying he won't be a 48% three-point shooter from here on out. In fact, over the last month, he's a 54% three-point shooter. feel really confident about that not sticking. And that's really upped his value because it's upped his three-point. He's not taking a huge amount of threes, which I think he needs to do more to improve his game. But what he has been able to do is just increase that scoring load heaps. He's the 62nd ranked player over the last two weeks. He's had two positive fantasy categories in that time. Actually, that's not fair. Three. And... And when I tell you, it's going to be weird. Yeah, really good with points. 23 point per game post All-Star game. That's really good. And finding points off the waiver wire is impossible. So he's a must-roster player. But the other two categories where he's a positive, field goal percentage, which is his best fantasy category, and free throw percentage, the two things that really hampered him as a rookie where he shot 40 and 61. So he has taken that those shooting numbers way up. And they've now become his you know, two of his best three fantasy categories. But I worry if there's regression in those which then both of those percentage categories also impact the points category, that nothing else there is looking good. Four rebounds, three assists, 0.8 steals, 0.2 blocks, and only 1.4 threes. They are all very mediocre numbers. 
So he's been driven by this high level of percentages and high level of scoring. So find the Knicks fan. Find the person. Find the Canadian. Find the Duke fan. Find the person who is super high on him in the draft. And don't don't sell him for a top 120 player. Don't sell him for a top 100 player. Sell him for a top 70. Sell him for a top 80, perhaps. He's turned the corner. The Knicks are great. Tom Thibodeau has unlocked him. He's now really consistent. There, there are people around around like this. They are, they are around. And that's what you should be targeting, I think, with Rowan Barrett. Sorry, I didn't realize I spoke for so long. Jesus. All right, let's go on to the points leagues, guys. Well, we've talked about Jim Butler already. He's a sell high in points as well because since the All-Star break, he's the number one player in points leagues, averaging 60 points per game. That's wild shit. You know, really high efficiency, really high assists, really high scoring, really high steals. Number one player in points leagues. These next two guys, this one is obvious to most, but let's throw it out there. Norman Powell and the wiki Chris Boucher. No Fred Van Vliet, no Pascal Siakam, no OG Aninobi, no Malachi Flynn, if that's what interests you, no Patrick McCaw. Those last two don't mean anything. But Powell, who who was, let's face it, shit to begin this season, and then really awesome since then, everything just always seems to turn up Norm Powell. He's been on this sell high list so many times because I go, well, when they're healthy, what does his role look like? And then Fred gets injured and then Kyle gets injured and then OG gets injured and then Pascal gets injured and then five of them get out for COVID and then, and Powell just stays and just stays and just stays and just stays. He's averaging since the All-Star break 39 fantasy points to be the 37th ranked player. 28% usage, that'll come down. Uh, 36 minutes a game, that probably comes down as well. Will he remain in the starting lineup? It definitely looks that way. But there is um, yeah, 28 points per game. 1.4 steals is, is pretty solid, but yeah, three rebounds, three assists. He relies so much on super high efficiency, super high minutes, super high usage, and super high scoring, which are all things which I think get impacted by OG, Fred, and Pascal returning. And let's say the same thing for Chris Boucher, who we know has got the, the talent. Post-All-Star break, he's averaging 37 points per game playing 30 minutes per game. And there's there's your kicker, 30 minutes per game. Nick Nurse has had no choice but to play him. But when he does have a choice to play Siakam at the four, to play OG at the four, to get Fred back into the lineup, will we get 24 minutes of Chris Boucher? Or will we get 26 or 27 or 29 minutes? I, I think 25 is probably a more realistic expectation for Boucher. And instead of 37 fantasy points, like 30, 31 fantasy points. Most people, again, will understand that, but not everyone will. They'll look at what happened post-All-Star. They'll know the permanent potential. They'll have heard me speak about how good this guy is and how he needs to be unleashed or unchained or whatever bullshit phrase you want to throw around. People will know that, but they also won't go, well, the re- look, everything is just tying into the absences and the increased minutes through necessity, and I'm not tr- Nurse could do it. Look, Nurse could absolutely say, all right, Chris, you've convinced me. You play 30 minutes a night from now on. But I really doubt that. So when I'm saying sell high, get top 30, top 40 back. That, that's what you should be looking at. Get a 36, 35 fantasy point player back. And if you don't, you write it out. And then you say, hopefully, Nick, you do the right thing and play Chris Boucher more minutes. Hopefully. Let's talk the plum dog, Mason Plumley. Now, this is not necessarily just from his recent performances, although 34 a game over the last five is impressive averaging 11 and 11. It's the constant winding down of minutes. Isaiah Stewart looks way better than I anticipated. He looks really solid out there and they keep edging his minutes up. 
Plumley is not the future, of course, but what I was interested with Plumley with how he played this year was the way that he was able to set things up for the guys around him, Sadiq Bay, you know, Killian Hayes, Dennis Smith when he came in, and just make things easier, Jeremy Grant for those guys. But with Stewart's level of play coming up, not necessarily equaling, equaling Plumley's, but not that far away, I think you're going to see the 24-24 minute split start to come into play here. And that's going to reduce Plumlee's value. And yeah, he goes from being an overall season value of 30 fantasy points per game to 28, to 26. So while you know, over the last month, he's averaging 33 and a half, that's really good. If you can get a 30 fantasy point guy back, I think you make that swap pretty easily. And then lastly, Gordon Haywood, who is yeah, playing at a really high level as well. 25th ranked player, 41 fantasy points over the last four games since the break. How is he doing this? Three steals per game. That's really what it is for Haywood. Um, and even the last month, 2.4 steals for 37 fantasy points. Now, I think 37 fantasy points what is what Haywood... Well, no, I think I know that is what Haywood is doing. So that's not a complete stretch to look at him and go, well, maybe he can continue to be a 35-point-per-game guy. But if someone wants to buy into this recent 41-point stretch and give you a 38, 39 fantasy point producer... Pr- not producer, a producer. I was acting like I'm saying Pokyshevsky or, or Sharmanich or Sharich. There, um, then I think you make that deal. In all likelihood, you just ride out the Gordon Haywood one, but I think it's worth mentioning just because he has had a substantial spike post-All-Star break. Guys, that'll do it for me and the Sell High Show. I'll be back with a pregame show later today, so don't forget to tune in for that here on YouTube. Give me a thumbs up, hit the notification bell, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Don't forget to download download the Locker Room app. I'm going to be doing a live Locker Room show at some point this week. I don't know when, but I am going to be doing one of those, so check that out, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.